Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com and we're here to discuss all things American football again this week. Hello! So we're over halfway through the season now and as the team start to contemplate the possibility of postseason football, the players are wondering if they've done enough to warrant a place in this year's Pro Bowl. The polls have been open for a couple of weeks now, uh, so in a change to our normal format, we're going to take a look at our picks for the game. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen or don't know the Pro Bowl, um, it's an all-star game held at the end of each season. Um, the interesting thing about it is the players who get to play in the Pro Bowl are the ones that are voted for by the fans from about, about week 8 onwards. Um, I really like watching it. I think it's a, it's always uh, it's not the most competitive game but it's a, uh, a good game to watch you uh, you quite enjoy it yourself G you quite enjoy having a, uh, a say on, on who's who's going to play I have mixed feelings about it because it's not the most competitive game in fact I'll be honest last season because I had Game Pass was one of the first times I've actually watched the game myself <laughs> but the discussions around it can always be interesting right? it sort of takes away from football but you know any time we get to start talking about players is really good the only problem is that lots of focus will be on people who get sacks on defence and then the glamour positions on offense and there's a lot of other players who get to go and this is often used as an argument around you know should they go into the hall of fame or not and it's hard to know what we're looking at and um it can be interesting for players that do amazing roles that possibly don't stand up and therefore don't necessarily get the credit they should do um i will pick these up as we go through that's fine so you, what we're basically saying is uh not to just uh, just vote for the glamour positions and, and go for a bit of uh, bit of variety and, and, and pick some defense as well it's defense offensive line um i've gone full nerd on this i do apologize with that with that said though we'll uh, we're going to st- we are going to start with one of the uh, one of the glamour positions we'll start with quarterback um quite a lot of contenders this year obviously you've got the, the usual names every year you're going to get people like your andy luck your tom brady Andy Dalton has done quite a lot this season. He's, I, for me, I think he's so far. I mean, obviously, we are only uh, sort of nine weeks into the season, ten weeks into the season. But we, uh, I think he's so far he's done enough to, to warrant a position. Yeah, um, this season he's done well enough, I think, to be up there. Um, his rating's been very good notwithstanding Monday night but we'll cover that in a bit but yeah, yeah. I mean he stands a good chance um, it's interesting you mentioned Andrew Luck because I don't think he's deserving at all this season just because of how yeah, he's played um, Tom Brady is probably a shoe in Roethlisberger if he's healthy will be voted in Tom Brady probably won't play because there's a likelihood he'll be involved in the Super Bowl Aaron Rodgers is up there or up there thereabouts but there are other, some other candidates that maybe aren't getting the buzz Carson Palmer has had an amazing season this year um, throwing the long ball standing in um, we'll cover his game against the Seahawks in a bit but he's had a really good year Drew Brees has come on late recently in terms of just you know, pure throwing numbers, and it's not mm. necessarily turning into wins because that defense is an absolute atrocity. But he's done very well. You can't overlook Cam Newton, who might not do so well in the traditional um, passing stats, but the dual threat and the running, I think he'll likely get voted. Lots of candidates there, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one name that is probably thrown about every year is Peyton Manning. I don't know about you, but I'm for me. I don't think reputation alone, and we will talk about him in a little bit more detail in a second because he has done something quite important this week. But for me, this given this season, I don't think he's I, I don't think he's done that done particularly well. He's pretty much been atrocious. If you look at purely at his stats, he would not be starting on any other team if he had any other name than Manning. He is at this point. It's not so much even the arm breaking down that's worrying me. It's the the throws into double and triple coverage that's the really worrying thing. Um, yeah. If he reined back his his what he was attempting to do 
to try and you know just manage the game, look after ball. That would be fine. But he's just throwing horrible pick after horrible pick, and it really does feel like he's just gone one two season too many. About running backs, there's been some uh, some quite some really good performances this year so far in running uh, in terms of running backs. I mean, the figures I've got in front of me are. are, are Kind of before week ten happened, but Chris Ivory seven hundred ninety nine yards, seven touchdowns. Mark Ingram from the Saints nine hundred yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Devonte Freeman has had a, a sensational season for the Falcons. Some 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 good names this year. Yeah, and um, Adrian Peterson just come off a two hundred yard game. Has been playing very well. Um, Doug Martin actually down in Tampa Bay has had a. Sort of a slightly underrated season, but has been playing very well. Obviously, we've lost Le'Veon Bell, and he was having a really good year when healthy. Yeah, that's really disappointing. Yeah, it's really interesting that Mark Ingram's been having such a good year for the Saints, when if you look at that offense, you wouldn't say they were running the ball well. In fact, that was meant to be a major focus coming into this year. You got the feeling that that was what they were trying to do. They, you know, they traded for a center, they're trying to rebuild the line to take some of the load off Drew Brees. And when that offense took off, it was going back to, okay, we'll just let you drop back and sling it. And um, wide receivers as well. As, I mean, you're always going to get people like, well, I say always, he's only been here for two seasons. Odell Beckham, 759 yards, seven touchdowns. He just has that name recognition and those one-hand catches. He's going to be going to the Pro Bowl a lot. He's the one that everybody, everybody knows, isn't he? I think even people who, who don't... Uh, uh, see that much of, uh, of football. DeAndre Hopkins, even just given the, the season that the, the Texans have had as a whole, he's done pretty well himself. Yeah, no, he um, DeAndre Hopkins. If you've watched him at all, he's he's a one man offense for that team. You always got again people like Larry Fitzgerald for the Cardinals, uh, seven hundred and six yards, seven touchdowns. People are going to generally look at, at, at yardage and, and touchdowns, and I think that's uh, I think that's going to be one of the one of the main things that uh, I am sat here slightly stunned that in this list of um, receivers that you've um, produced, I might let you off um, having um, AJ Green in there. It's a little bit yeah. lower down this season, but still as good as anybody in the league. Antonio Brown best receiver in the league Julio Jones who's been amazing Alshon Jeffrey's been good for Chicago but he's been injured a bit um, plenty of options then. plenty of options for plenty receivers. of options defence this is where you uh, come into your own I think ok I've tried to pick out various players um, defensive ends we'll start with um, Sir JJ of Watt who um, was really good has had a really good season despite the fact that um, his defence as a whole has struggled until unfortunately this week Mohamed Wilkinson of the Jets who I'm sure you would have seen causing carnage um, on yeah, Thursday um, absolutely You've got Chandler Jones of the the Patriots, who's currently leading the league in sacks. He's had a great year. Um, Carlos Dunlap is up there again, another another sack master. Michael Bennett from the Seahawks has been really good. We then move into defensive tackles. You've got Geno Atkins, who's pretty much leading the way for defensive tackles with sacks. Aaron Donald from the Rams, who's just a monster in both the run and the pass. Um, Indomitian Sue. Had a monster game this weekend. He's been quite he quiet did. this season, but he was he was a one man wrecking crew on that line. I don't know if mm. you know, clearly he got up and had his Weetabix or something because he was just on fire. He did have a good game this this week, but I think that so far this season to, to, to this point, not, a, not I wouldn't certainly wouldn't put him in the Pro Bowl. He might get there on name alone. That's what I'm. The interesting thing is that um, I've been looking at stats at a site called Pro Football Focus, and the idea is that they're looking at. Um, each play individually, not necessarily grading them on the result of the play, but how they actually played. And Sue is still in their, you know, their blue ninety percent elite class. Even though, yeah. as you say, he's been very quiet, particularly at the start. Inside linebackers, I mean, the big one, the obvious one for me is Luke Keekley, who's been 
great all season, except when he's been out for concussions, which is understandable. But um, also in linebackers, Eric Kendricks and um, Anthony Barr of Minnesota have been great. And Daryl Smith leaps ahead in terms of tackles at linebacker. Outside linebacker, very often you'll see them picked out those three, four... Um, pass rushes because the sack number just stands out so you know you've got you just just in Houston got Von Miller and Demarcus Ware from um, the Broncos uh, Thomas Davis who's a really good coverage backer from the Carolina Panthers KJ Wright from Seattle um, interestingly I was just looking at the edges of trying to make my list and at this point I was just looking at the NFL um, at the NFL log and you've got Vinnie Ray who you wouldn't necessarily as the name jumps out but he's got over 70 tackles and an interception this year and also Misi Koa your um, outside linebacker you mentioned to me Koa yeah absolutely yeah right up there with 51 tackles yeah Dolphins generally tend to do well in the in the defence we've I mean last year we had Cameron Wake and Brent Grimes I think I genuinely think Koa Misi might do it this year I think he might go um, He's he's had, he has had a really good season as you say he's 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 been very good. There's some. There's a, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. I think the only problem with some of this is that sometimes when you're looking at just pure tackle numbers, they get inflated because it's a bad team and they make a lot mm. of tackles if they're a good player, but also if they're one of the cleanup players. But the important thing for me is that we vote on all of these positions. Well, there's plenty of uh, plenty of options this year and plenty of people who, uh, who you can uh, you can vote for. As G says, obviously, make sure you do vote for uh, for all positions. Um, go to NFL.com to, uh, to, to cast your vote this year. Okay, so let's have a look at Week 10's games. Uh, the, uh, the, the Thursday night game was the Color Rush game um, we talked about last, last week. Uh, Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Buffalo Bills were victorious 22-17 uh, in this one, it was the Rex Ryan Bowl, and you, uh, you had a little confession at uh, end of this end of this week, didn't you? After this game, you quite like those colour rush kits. I like the red and green. Yes, um, it does help, of course, that I'm not colour blind, and it was really interesting. There was lots of tweets going on during the game, and some a lot of coverage afterwards that um, red green colour blind is a very common thing. And what with both teams being decked out all in red, all yeah. in green, and both having white helmets with details on, it was very hard for some people to tell the teams apart. I hadn't even thought of that. It was a really good point. Looking at the game itself, um, the Jets will feel really frustrated that they didn't didn't um, make a bit more of it, especially at the end. And they they absolutely got got hammered by mistakes. Twelve of the Bills' points came from drives that were following the f- uh, fumbles or interceptions. They're going to feel so unlucky. I don't know about you. I, I think uh, if I was a, if I was a Jets fan, and in fact my friend who is a Jets fan. I have never heard swearing like it. Yeah, no, it was it was. I thoroughly enjoyed the game because there was a lot of defense on show. There's lots of big hits. Both teams were playing very well on that side of the ball. Yeah, but the Bills just did a better job of looking after the ball. You know, Fitzpatrick threw two interceptions. They coughed up the ball a couple of times. It was just yeah the. Bills got a little more going consistently, but also they just got stopped. Whereas the Jets just couldn't. Not only did they not quite keep things going. In fairness, with the two interceptions, the second one was was like a hail mary at the end of a play, so that yeah, doesn't yeah. really count. But that first one, he threw into double coverage. He managed to get it over the under defender somehow, and actually got it up into the receiver's hands. But then it just flicked up, and flicked the safety out. caught yeah. it. And it was it was. I couldn't quite believe he'd thrown that ball in the first place. And it's, it's one of those ones where if the receiver makes the play, you look a hero, but the quarterback coach, I would imagine, would be having a go at you later in the week, whether you pulled it off or not. Because, yeah, it, yeah. it was not a good ball to throw. No. Uh, good games again from uh, 
the, the two that have been really good this season so far for the for the Jets, Eric Decker and uh, Chris Ivory. Uh, despite the result, two uh, two good uh, good good games for those two. I thought Chris Ivory was a bit up and down. There were times where it looked like he was a bit slow, and the season was the grind of the season was getting to him. And then suddenly he'd be back up and you know ripping off a ten yard yard plus run and looking good again. So I thought yeah. he was a little uneven. But yeah, um, both Decker and Marshall have been really good for the Jets, and they've had a surprisingly high ranked offense. But it's just been struggling with you know bits of injuries and some things with the line. It's just not quite been as good over the last couple of weeks. Well, we we both picked uh, the Jets on this one. We both uh, both thought the Jets would uh, do this. Obviously, both wrong uh, in, uh, in the fact that the uh, the Bills got it. Uh, so poor pick for both of us there. Um, next game we're going to look at, um, and, and you could probably play a funeral march during this uh, during this section. Exactly, absolutely. Um, so this one is, uh, as you've not already guessed, the uh, the Texans and the Bengals. Um, six points to ten, um, the Texans won uh, on Monday night in this one. Uh, it was the first loss of the season for the uh, for the Bengals so far. Really low scoring game. I've, 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 I must say I haven't had a chance to uh, to watch this one. It was still blacked out on my uh, on, on my game pass, unfortunately. But it doesn't look as though much much happened. Um, lots happened. Um, a lot of good defense. I will give the Texans a lot of credit. They're coming off a bye, and we've sort of said a lot, for a lot of the season, certainly in our discussions, whether we've they've got as far as the pod or not. That <laughs> when you look at the names on the defense, and Jonathan Joseph, ex Bengal, obviously wanted to play well. Vince Wilfork, JJ Watt. There were players on that defense, and they did really well they came in with a game plan I'm guessing they self-scouted well the first week and really focused in on us for the second week and the Bengals couldn't just quite get things going in the end Tyler Eifert who's been so good all season dropped three passes two of them in the fourth quarter AJ Green has to hold on to that ball and get down at the end I still thought we could drive and, and, and you know do something towards the end it was still there and it just the Texans played really well, and we shouldn't take anything away from that. Um, the Beng- they didn't get a lot going on on offense because the Bengals' defense came to play. Um, but just that one play by Hopkins, which was really, really great catch, and Adam Jones is saying that's on me. I should, you know, I should get him out of bounds. I should time the jump right. Uh, there's been a lot of players who've come out and said it. AJ Green has talked about how he has to hold on to that ball. Eifert's not happy about the drops. But we, the Bengals just couldn't be consistent enough on offense, and in this kind of defensive game, those key few moments were enough to let it slip through our fingers. Mm. And part of that might be very well be that with all the stuff that's going on with the Colts and Andrew Luck, the Texans are thinking we still might have a chance here. Well, I think they, I think, I think they might. I mean, the the game-winning touchdown was thrown by T.J. Yates, um, a name that's not been. Uh, not been really seen uh, this season. He's not. I don't think he's played yet so far uh, this season. I think it was his first uh, his first game for the Texans this his year. His first outing. It's not the first time he's beaten the Bengals. No, he's he has played uh, played against you before, but uh, yeah, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna go into it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> obviously Brian <laughs> Brian Hoyer went off uh, went off with an injury, so half the snaps were taken by uh, by TJ Yates. Um, do you think the? I mean, obviously he's had a good game this uh, this week, and I'm and I'm from what I've heard, Brian Hoyer. Sounds as though they're hopeful that he'll be uh, he'll be back for uh, uh, for week eleven. Um, do you think they're do you think they're regretting the the whole Ryan Mallet situation, given their uh, a little bit of lack lack of depth there? I don't think so, given that he looked at his results on the pitch 
um, at the beginning of the week. They weren't, or the beginning of the season, they weren't winning games. Yeah. And you can't have a quarterback who sets the tone that has to be, that is so important that he puts the hours in. It's such a cerebral position. And given all the problems with him, I don't think they regret dropping him at all. No. Go back to, uh, I think it was probably week two, we talked about uh, Ryan Mallett, if you uh, want to hear a bit more on our uh, our thoughts on there. But yeah, we, we both picked the Bengals on this one, and again, we were uh, we were both wrong, so uh, yeah. I am uh, holding not... you entirely responsible for your um, unbridled optimism, which lulled me into coming on board with you. I was this sat is optimism it... to the point where I... Uh, I, I, I... I thought I'd jinxed it for you uh, at the end of last week when I did tell you I was going to put some money on the Bengals. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not a Bengals fan, so I don't think that counts as a jinx, but I was just, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, if if nothing else, I'm feeling a little more, more comfortable in my skin as somebody going, oh, it's going wrong, and now we've got to face the Cardinals in Arizona. <laughs> we'll see, uh, see what happens going forward. We'll see if you manage to, uh, to pick it up. More on that in a bit later. Indeed, and now, in a seamless link, speaking of Arizona... Speaking of the Cardinals, absolutely, yeah, the Arizona Cardinals, um, in what was probably the best game I've seen for a little while. Um, Arizona Cardinals beat the Seattle Seahawks 39 points to 32 uh, Sunday night. The uh, I think it was the late game on Sunday night and it was a cracker. An absolutely brilliant game. Carson Palmer, as you mentioned, obviously uh, had, a, had a great game. Um, had a fantastic game, in fact, this season. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's halfway through a, through a really, really good season. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, 130 yards on him. It was, again, it was, it was, Something that, uh, that that kind of hurt the uh, the Seahawks, I think, was was penalties, and we've seen it with a few teams this season. And as we've said obviously before, the uh, the amount of penalties that we're seeing this season is is unprecedented. Uh, but there were 131 yards worth of penalties for the uh, for the Seahawks. Yeah, they're not playing with a great amount of discipline at the moment. Um, even when they're going well and things are going well for them, you can see elements of that um, creeping in. Uh, we started off with a safety, another one. But you know, it was a proper proper uh, proper chase to quarterback as he's dropped the ball into the end zone. But yeah. um, the Cardinals obviously uh, low scoring to begin with, and then the Cardinals got things going on 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 the Seahawks. It looked like it could go really wrong for the, for the Seahawks, and then Ayu Party went out with his neck injury that looked horrible, and the Cardinals line started to fall apart. And once yeah. they realised that they were a bit weak, the Seahawks kept blitzing. And it's interesting because Palmer is getting the headlines quite rightly because he threw a lot of great balls. If you saw those long touchdowns to Floyd, they were, you know, some lovely really deep good. balls that were thrown. But also, he was strip sacked twice. And one of them was just almost like a classic microcosm of what we're talking about with the Seahawks and discipline. Because not only are giving away penalties, but yeah. you get the Seahawk player run through, strip sack him. He's away dancing and celebrating with another player whilst the ball's still in the air. And luckily, KJ Wright is really focused grabs the ball runs it in for a touchdown but the Cardinals mm. could have very easily recovered you know cut, recovered that ball and, and and stopped Seattle from scoring those points if if at least one of their players was focused it's just not quite right and the biggest problem for them is their defense is playing pretty well it really really mm. is um it's interesting that uh, I didn't think that Jermaine Gresham was a good enough tight end to exploit the Seattle's uh, tight end issues which I've talked about a couple of times on this podcast and he got another touchdown and he did but 
The real problem for the Seahawks isn't that they can't cover tight ends. It's that offensive line is atrocious. Now, we need to be a little bit careful about this because any player in the NFL is a way more physical, competent human being than I am. They're bigger, stronger, faster, even your your worst so-called player. However, the line this year for the Seahawks is so bad that it seems to be affecting Wilson's play. He's tucking the ball quicker. He's running. He's scrambling. And they just haven't got anything going this year. And because they're not getting the run game going as effectively, and I wonder if they've traded for Graham, they're not really getting the most out of him in, as a receiver, and he's not a great inline blocker. They can't keep that defense off off the field. Defense keeps giving up fourth quarter losses. And I thought they were, that after the week before they were going to turn it around, and yeah. the Cardinals handed it to them. Well, speaking of fourth quarter uh, losses, they they actually they, they did take the lead with 13 minutes left. The uh, the Seahawks were were winning twenty five twenty nine. I thought it. Uh, I, I well, I was going to say I thought it was uh, going to be one of these that uh, that they might hang on to, but I, I kind of knew what the result was beforehand. But uh, it was it was surprising to me that um, that with with so few points early on, the the game ended up uh, at such a high scorer. But it was uh, it was it was a really good one to watch. One I'd uh, I'd urge if you've got the if you've got Game Pass, you can go back and uh, watch the games. I would very much urge you to uh, to go back and, uh, and give give that one a go. I completely agree. I'm feeling very smug about choosing it. <laughs> That's it. It was a good one. It's a good pick. We picked on this one. You picked the Seahawks, and I picked the Cardinals. I was right on that one. It was one of the uh, one of the couple of games I picked up on you this week. So uh, yeah, well done me. Yeah, so I was leaning Cardinals, and then I just got a little bit anxious about their road record, and I was very, yeah. very wrong. Well, we'll move on to uh, the, the mighty, mighty Miami Dolphins, closing closing right up in the AFC East with a uh, twenty points to nineteen win over the Philadelphia Eagles. I apologise for being so uh, so biased. <laughs> uh, do I need to sing the song? I don't think so. I think we're okay. I think Good. we're all right Excellent. with the song. Another safety though. Three in three weeks. We are absolutely leaking safeties. Uh, uh, be honest with me. How panicked were you in the first quarter? Very, very panicked. Because I was watching this live and doing the ironing. I, I was sat there thinking, oh, my pick's looking good this week because they look awful. And that first yeah. quarter, you had the safety, but also the defence was all over your offence. It was just it, everything that seemed to be going wrong. And then they just turned it around slowly got yeah. that pump block started to really push um and Dominican Sue I haven't played, seen him play like that this season whatsoever he was like on a mm. one man wrecking mission that's it I've watched every game so far this season and I, I I've not seen him play this that that well since he was a lion I don't think he's uh, he's had a, he's had a he had a really good game that um in, against the Eagles uh, earlier this season, as we said earlier, not so much, not quite as much of a uh, of a, of a good season. Um, but he kind of made up for it this week. Uh, this is the thing. I think um, that's the Sue that you pay all this money to. Now, in fairness, yeah. earlier in the season, as we said at the time, he was in the wrong scheme. They were asking him to two gap. They were, you know, they weren't making use of his aggressive ability and his quick first step and his ability to get up the field into the backfield and cause mayhem. But it had been a few weeks, and this week he really, really was on it. And the defense came up, and the frailties on the Eagles' offense started to show themselves even before Bradford separated his shoulder. Yeah, I was going to say halfway through the game, he obviously was uh, was taken off and uh, and, and replaced, but. Uh... I think I think that was has undoubtedly kind of helped the Dolphins, but uh, I, I wouldn't say that we didn't deserve the uh, the uh, the win out of this one. At the uh, by the end of the game, they'll perhaps feel a little bit unlucky, similar to the Jets this this, uh, this week. But I don't say I wouldn't say that we uh, I say I say we as though I play for them. Uh, I wouldn't say that the Dolphins 
particularly didn't deserve the win. I was I was doing the same thing with the Bengals earlier, so hopefully for the <laughs> listeners out there will let us off and not come at us with um, pitchforks. Um, the one thing I will say about your Dolphins from Miami was the, the Landry touchdown was a little bit lucky. Very lucky, extremely lucky. But that's what you need sometimes. Sometimes you need lucky bits. For those who that. haven't seen the game, the pass was tipped uh, as it went past the line and basically yeah. ballooned up in the air and somehow in amongst the sea of Eagles defenders fell into um, the arms of um, Jarvis Landry who is a phenomenal receiver but that was not exactly him at his best that was a no, bit lucky it was one of those moments where your heart's in your mouth it was, it, was, it, was, it was in the air for what seemed like about four minutes came down could have gone could have just as easily gone to one of the uh, the defenders but uh, luckily didn't, uh, didn't didn't wasn't there anyway again oh, this is another one I, uh, I picked up um, so I got this one uh, correct I picked the Dolphins and you picked the Eagles and after the, for the picks uh, so far this season, after this week, you're at 75 and I'm at 72. So gap closed up by two. So let's have another look at the rest of the week then, the week's results. Uh, the Packers failed to make a two-point conversion in the last throws of the game uh, against the Detroit Lions and subsequently lost their third straight game in Green Bay. Uh, the Lions winning by 18 points to 16. A low-scoring game at Tampa Bay uh, saw the Buccaneers emerge victorious against a very poor Dallas Cowboys, and the final score was 6-10 to the Bucs. The unbeaten Carolina Panthers kept up their run against the Tennessee Titans, and now the only unbeaten team in the NFC. Their 27-10 win took them to nine in a row. Jay Cutler's Chicago Bears followed up their win last week with another in Week 10, this time beating the Rams in St. Louis by 37 points to 13. The Saints remain bottom of the NFC South, while the Redskins keep the, up the pressure on the Giants at the top of the NFC East, scoring nearly 50 points in the process as they beat the New Orleans Saints by 47 points to 14. Cleveland struggled to get anything going against the Steelers as they lost their fifth game in a row. Pittsburgh won the game by 30 points to 9. The Ravens and the Jaguars both went into the weekend game with just two wins, but it was the Jacksonville who made it uh, to three as the Ravens failed to capitalise on last week's win. The final score was 22 points to 20. The Vikings took over at the top of the NFC North, capitalising on Green Bay's slump with a win over the Oakland Raiders by 30 points to 14. New England carry on winning, although this time they were taken right to the wire by the New York Giants. Both teams uh, topped their respective divisions, but on the day the Patriots were victorious by 27 points to 26. And a record for Peyton Manning wasn't enough to stop Denver from picking up their second loss of the season. Uh, and in fact, the second in two weeks, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Broncos by 29 points to 13. Interesting week this week. As I say, obviously there was a, uh, a record broken this week for uh, Peyton Manning, uh, who took over as the, uh, the player with the, the uh, most passing yards over from uh, Brett Favre he's now on 71,871 yards uh, but some, some other some other pretty uh, big moments this uh, this week weren't they Jay? Yeah um, starting with Manning he got the um, four yard pass to break the record and that was pretty much the only good thing that happened to him for the rest of the game through four <laughs> interceptions all of them bad um, and he's now got um, plantar fasciitis can I get a woot for getting the pronunciation on that vaguely recognisable? Very well done. Which is attended under the, under your foot, and that's incredibly painful. And he's being rested, so Brock Osweiler is um, starting next uh, week. You've been practicing pronouncing that all day, haven't you? I, I actually haven't. I've just been listening to too many NFL podcasts. That's the sad thing. <laughs> but um, so we'll see how they go. Whether um, obviously a younger quarterback can get more to some of the under center stretch plays that Kubiak likes to play. 
you wonder how much more we're going to see of Manning. He's been really bad this yeah. year, and this was pretty much the. It was, I think it was zero point naught QBR rating yeah. this this week. I think he'll settle in on the bench for the rest of the season for me. And then, yeah, I mean, some other key moments. Crosby missed a field goal that still could have won them the game after um, the Lions. Um, of all the people not to catch the onside kick, Megatron let it slip through his fingers and Green Bay recovered, having missed that two-point conversion. Got into the position of field goal and missed. The Giants, Odell yep. Beckham caught a ball two feet down, but, but apparently didn't possess the ball long enough and, and um, Butler managed to knock the ball loose so it didn't count as a catch. And mm. that enabled the, the Patriots to go down the other end and kick a field goal. That was inc- yep. incredible. And the other big thing, just quickly, is right at the end of the game, the Jaguars need to spike the ball before they can do anything. They've got no time left. They hike the ball. It's a bad snap and Bortles can't quite catch it properly. Nobody else has done anything and... Eric Dumerville comes through, grabs him by the face mask, pulls him down with seconds expired, gives away the 15-yard penalty, which gets him in field goal range, and you can't end a game on a defensive penalty, which means that no. the Jaguars can kick the winning field goal. Crazy. The NFL have actually come out and admitted that they got that wrong, but because the other players um, didn't go, it should have been a full start. What Elvis Dumerville was thinking when he grabbed his face mask, just, just, you don't even need to do anything. He's not going to score a touchdown from there. There's nothing he can do. You can just stand in front of him, waggling your hands and sticking your tongue out, and that would have been a better thing to do than what he did. Comedy of errors. Very much so. The ball is loose. It's a fumble. Right, it's that time again to turn our attention to the blog and see what G's been uh, writing about this week. Uh, your mid-season review was uh, was this week, wasn't it? You've uh, you've you've posted your uh, your thoughts on the uh, the the, um, the the state of the league so far. Obviously, that was before the week ten games. Um, but which uh, which division do you think's looking uh, the most interesting to you at this point? Well, it's really it's really curious because obviously we're a week later and already things that I've written are becoming out of date, <laughs> which is kind of the joy and the wonder of the NFL and the sort of curse as a writer. It's yeah. one of the nice things compared to football over here is that you have a rough idea, Chelsea notwithstanding this season, of who's going to be in the top four roughly round round who's who's got a chance of winning it. In the NFL, there's so much more parity in things really do change dramatically so the, the most interesting divisions or races seem to be probably round the wild cards a lot of divisions are very sewn up just because we have a few very good teams you've got the Bengals on are 8-1 and one, the Patriots are 9-0 and oh, Carolina are 9-0 and oh. they've pretty much got the division set up the Falcons and Green Bay are both now 6-3 and three. do we think any other team are going to catch up with them it's possible because the Falcons have been you know, really bad in the yeah. last few weeks. They've been yeah. dropping back. Uh, the tightest races, you've got the AFC South, mm-hmm. which still have a team with a losing record heading it up. But Houston, with a win, now also on 4-5, and five, so have joined them at the top of the division. Yeah. Jacksonville, 3-6, and six, believe it or not, are not out the race for the division. So, And the NFC East, which is also a quagmire of nobody wanting to win. Terrible. Particularly yeah, as, you know, the Giants lost, go 5-5. Five and five. The Eagles lost. Washington, who I'd sort of discounted four and five, I can't believe it, but they're coming together. Uh, you looked at uh, Winston as well from the books against the uh, against the Giants from week nine. Um, just quickly on that, were you were you impressed? You, you like what you saw? I did like what I saw. His feet aren't necessarily the lightest, quickest, so it's not he's not got the greatest pocket presence, but it's not bad. He throws a really nice ball. It, he was incredibly locked on to his main receiver, Mike Evans, which is because he hasn't really got anybody else at the moment. But yeah, really promising. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, what have you got planned for uh, for this week? 
I think I'm going to be looking at the unheralded players of um, the teams. A little salute to fullbacks, linemen, stuff I didn't get to talk about in the Pro Bowl section because, believe it or not, I had to edit myself. And <laughs> then for game tape, um, after discussing it with you, I think we're going to be looking at the Green Bay receivers and what's going wrong with that offense at the moment. Yeah, completely different to, uh, to, to the first part of the season. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, see what you find from uh, from digging around the coaches' tape there. Anyway, um, make sure you check out the uh, the blog for all of that and much more this week. It's thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? So with week 10 in the books, let's have a look at week 11 and the uh, the schedule for week 11. The Thursday night game, another, another colour rush. Have you seen the pastel colours for this one? It's horrible. Uh, Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, in our picks, the, uh, the, the Jags get... Um, Two and a half points off them. Um, what do you what do you reckon? Yeah, giving two and a half points to the Titans. The Titans are doing a lot better, possibly, with their new um, coach. Yeah, and obviously having Mariota back helps. But I j- maybe I'm going to back the Jaguars for a third week in a row and possibly yeah. even get a win as they've they've seen me stead- um good in the last two weeks. I'm going Jaguars as well on this one. I think I think uh, this time. Do you think the Lions can repeat themselves at the Raiders? Um, Lions are given a one and a half, given one and a half points on this one. This is a close one for me, and I've changed my mind a couple of times. Uh, I think I'm going Raiders. I'm really not sure because my problem is, and it's what I failed to take into a, to factor in last week, is that the Raiders' defense is not good. No, and it hasn't been for a while. Khalil Mack is really good, but they're really struggling on that side of the ball. But do I trust the Lions? They got that one-off win in Green Bay. There was a lot of luck involved. Oh, I really don't know. We shall have to see. I shall look at the numbers on that one. Yeah. Uh, Colts at Falcons. Uh, the, the thing that's that's making this one difficult for me is the swing of six and a half points. Uh, Colts get six and a half points on the Falcons. Uh, this, and again, this is this is a difficult one for me, but I th- I'm going to end up going with the Colts, I think. I'm feeling fairly confident about the Colts, I'll be honest. Yeah. The Falcons have not been good in recent weeks, and Hasselbank moved the ball well. He got the ball out quickly. And I just think that's too many points to give the Falcons after 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 the their their second half of their season so far. I don't see why they're giving six and a half points to anybody. Um, St. Louis Rams at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, what do you, what do you think on that one? One and a half points for the uh, for the Rams. Confused uh, is the honest answer. Um, Nick Foles has just been benched, so we have, I believe, Case Keenum starting yes, for yeah. the um, for the Rams. Uh, the defense is really good. I don't trust the Ravens, but this is one game they might win. It's tipping Rams' way. I'm really not sure. Uh, it's another one I'll do with numbers. I'm leaning Ravens. I'll be honest because they can't keep losing these close games. Yeah, I'm leaning Rams on this one run defense is not their problem and Todd Gurley can be stopped if you have a good run defense and the Rams have not shown anything in the passing game that makes me think they're going to be able to exploit the real weakness of that defense which is their secondary Eagles Buccaneers and Philadelphia at Tampa Bay five and a half points for the Buccaneers Uh, do we think Eagles are going to bounce back from from uh, from their their loss at the uh, Dolphins this week honestly who knows? We've got the Sanchez starting at quarterback. Yeah. You've got Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into Philadelphia. James Winston is busy screaming his team that we can go 7-0 and we're a good team for the back end of the season. I think they're improving. The problem is that I was going to think that the Eagles are just coming together and it was fine and then it didn't happen against the Dolphins and they've just not been able to be consistent on any side of the ball. I really don't know on this one because we don't know what we're getting out of Mark Sanchez. 
and we don't know what we're getting out of the Buccaneers from week to week. Five and a half points seems a lot. I might just pick Bucks on points. I like Mark Sanchez. I think I'm going to go Eagles. Um, I think this one might be one that we uh, we uh, we differ on. Broncos at Bears. Who would have thought a few weeks ago that the Bears would be would have a point and a half taken off them against the uh, in this in this game for our for our picks? Um, I'm. I think I'm going to go for the Bears. I, th- I can't see. I can't see the Broncos doing it. One of those trades, which is not a big thing that happens in the NFL anyway, yeah. but one of those examples where both sides did really well. The um, Carolina Panthers got a pass rusher, which has really helped their defense, and it gave the Bears an opportunity to amass an extra pick and play their young players who are a better scheme fit. And yeah, seems to be coming together. I'm just a little bit cautious of the fact that I'm wondering if the offense might do better without Manning. Mm. I think uh, you, you might be right. You, you very well might be right, especially given how he was this week. Obviously, he did have his injured foot. And that defense is is, is very loud. The odd bad game. Okay, when we might ha- we can't keep comparing them to the Seattle like I was thinking we could earlier in the year. But there's there's still a lot of good players, and now they should get Demarcus Ware back and to lead back. We shall see. Uh, Jets at Texans. I'm going to go for the Jets on this one. Um, they are given two and a half points to the Texans, but I, I think I think the Jets have uh, have got enough about them to uh, to win this. I'm really not sure. No. I think you're right. I think you're right, but expect a low-scoring game because if the Texans can keep that level of defense up, I was I thought that there was more good Texans defense than there was misfiring Bengals. Yeah, I'll be honest on that game. I was impressed, and there is a lot of there's a lot of pedigree on that team. Admittedly, not every team is going to have their backup right tackle going one on one against JJ Watt. Um, I'm not sure if that was a scheme failure or a coaching snafu or what was going on there or yeah. a missed call. But yeah, Eric Winston versus JJ Watt was not pretty. The Jets, I think, probably do squeak it out in the end, though. Yeah, I think so. Um, I am going to go for the Panthers against uh, Washington, even though they have uh, seven and a half points taken off them. I know you're obviously you've uh, you mentioned earlier that you're uh, you're impressed and you think that things are starting to come together for for Washington. I've been I've said that a couple of times this season. That's yeah. my only concern. Um, Kirk <laughs> Cousins has been mountainingly um, inconsistent. The defense has looked good and then hasn't done. The points worry me a little bit, but the Panthers seem really really set this year. So I think I'm likely to back for nine and oh team I'm just worried about those points yeah um Dolphins Cowboys of course I'm gonna go for the Dolphins this is a straight up who's gonna win um because it's plus 0.5 points I'm a little offended I must say by the uh by the uh the spread on this one I would say we are a lot better than the Cowboys which I don't know I don't know whether I'm, I'm just being biased but I, I personally think that the Dolphins will uh, will take this one quite easily do we know if Tony Romo's coming back I haven't I'm seen I'm wondering if that has factored in maybe I'll be honest with you Maybe, I haven't seen if I'm honest. But um, I must admit that I sat there and thought, are we sure that Dallas yeah. are going to manage it? And looking at the injury report, Tomo, Tony Romo is expected to return from injured reserve ah, okay. um, against the Dolphins. Maybe so that's it then. Maybe that's it. I'm still not convinced. There's a, I don't think we can just say that a team that have lost as many straight as the Dallas team have, even without their... their um, their quarterback yeah. they've just been bad and to not win any of those games yeah I, I think I might lean Miami Chiefs Chargers uh, what, do you th- what do you think for this one I'm, I think I'm leaning towards Chiefs at this stage I am too uh, the Chargers are just too injured uh, the offensive line is going to have a nightmare against that Chiefs defence which is really coalesced now that they've got two cornerbacks who are playing well yeah. the offence is doing enough yeah I fancy Chiefs in that 
this week or game this weekend, I think. Uh, Packers at Vikings. Um, again, straight up, who do you think is going to win? Um, I th- personally think that the Packers might stop the rot this week. I'm ever so glad you said that. I am not picking against Mike Zimmer unless there's much better reasons. <laughs> I love that man. Always have done. Um, he did a wonderful job with the Bengals. Um, I'm upset with myself that I've picked against him for two weeks in a row. I'm not making it for free. Um, yeah, back with him. I'm back with him, but also their defence has been really good. I was really impressed with how short tackling they are. And I'll be interested to see see what's going on with coaching tape last week with the receivers. Yeah. But that offense is not doing it. And Aaron Rodgers was on another level at the start of the season. And you can only sustain that true peak, peak performance for so long. He's yeah. come back down a bit and there's just... The running game isn't going. The defense isn't going. Going, and I just think you know the Vikings. Dare we say it? Might even stand a shot at winning that division. I think they're a good team. I I, I agree. I just think just see the Packers possibly just stopping it this week, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, the odds of them losing four in a row are long, so I could regret that. But but my my love for Mike Zimmer um, is just giving me hope. Fair enough. Uh, the biggest spread of the week this week, uh, 49ers are given 12.5 points against the uh, the Seahawks, uh, and I think that that is enough for me to sway it to the 49ers. Yeah, 49ers getting 12.5 points, travelling from San Francisco to mm. Seattle, and I think I'm with you, because as good as the defence is, yeah. that offence is horrible. I think it could be a real field goal mess. Uh, you know, I think it could I think it could be like 9-6, 12-6 to the Seattle. Um, we could be both be wrong, it'd be a huge blowout. That's yeah, it. I don't see Seattle being that much better. Q37-36. <laughs> um, the game of the week this uh, week for me, uh, and I know it will be for you as well, uh, Bengals-Cardinals, this is going to be a fantastic game. Um, really looking forward to this one. Three and a half points the Bengals get on this. I'm sorry, G. I think I'm still going for the Cardinals. Who day? Um, <laughs> I'm worried. I was worried last week, and I shouldn't have have given in to your optimism because it's bad. Optimism <laughs> is bad. You're disappointed. Whereas if you if you expect the worst, and let's face it, the Bengals have a lot of experience of getting the worst, then you know how to deal with it. But in all seriousness, that defense is really good. The offense has strikes with deep balls and is is very good uh, I think it will be a competitive game I think it could be a great game to watch unless you're a Bengals fan because I'm really <laughs> nervous about it I think the Cardinals might win I think there'll be a lot of talk then about the problems with um, Cincinnati um, on prime time and I think they laid an egg against Texans which is bad but they think the Texans played well and no team is going undefeated and then um, going to Cardinal and playing them in Arizona is always going to be a tough game mm. yeah I'm worried about this game Cardinals I think uh, final game Monday night uh, Bills at Patriots big one in the AFC East uh, f- this one uh, seven and a half points given to the Bills uh, still think the Patriots for me I disagree yeah I think the Patriots will win because that's what they do but they've lost three tackles they've now lost Edelman yeah as well as Dion Lewis I just think that's too many weapons I, 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 I would trust Belichick to get a win but that is a very high line for a Bills team that are coming good that's a good point defence is very solid Shady McCoy's looked good for the last few weeks is running the ball well they're a different team with um, uh, Tyrod Taylor playing quarterback and I think Rex Ryan will be desperate to run them close I think he will run them close he will be desperate to win I don't think they'll get that but eight point win by the Patriots I'm not ready to go there with uh, I think their season has changed with that Edelman injury I forgot about Edelman I must say that's yeah that might change my mind 
Hmm. I hate doing this podcast. This is just suddenly your picks get better. I, I would, I would, I would bet you money that they probably have done as well since uh, since we've been doing it. In fact, the week that we didn't do it, I scored about four. So evidence alone there. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's it for episode five of the Wrong Football Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode six, looking back at all of week 11's games and ahead to week 12, when there's a real possibility that two teams may go into the uh, the, the last third of the season unbeaten. Uh, in the meantime, remember to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Wrong Football, uh, get involved in a bit of banter on the TWF Facebook page, uh, and check out the blog at wrongfootball.com. If there's anything you want to uh, discuss next week, uh, drop us an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>